Again, welcome to Life Church today. My name is Dustin Johnston. I am on staff here, one of the pastors. I get the opportunity to direct Life Leadership College. And it is an honor of mine to kick off 2021 with you. Is that not weird to say, 2021? It's an honor anytime I get to share the platform with Pastor Aaron, but to start the new year with you, to put 2020 to rest, 2020 has been a year, hasn't it? I think we could all collectively just breathe deeply and let it out. Just turn the page. Can we do that together? Like actually, put your hand up, grab onto that fictitious page that was 2020. And could we just turn it together moving into a new year? Doesn't that feel good? Doesn't that feel refreshing as we conclude the chapter that was 2020 and we start a new chapter that is 2021? As we enter the new year, many of you are already setting goals. You're already setting resolutions. And that's, that's a good thing to do. It's not a bad thing. Uh, just as many of you, however, a few days in, have already failed your resolutions or failed your goals. You've already eaten something that you weren't supposed to eat or you didn't show up at the gym when you were supposed to show up at the gym. But a big congratulations to those of you that are still going strong. I try to set a few goals myself every year and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. There's one goal in particular that I've been working on since 2019. Hasn't gone well now that we're in 2021, uh, but I am closer than ever. And, and my goal this year is to, is to complete that goal from 2019. Uh, most of us as good Christians, we try to set at least one spiritual goal in, in, in a year. You know, we, we want to read our Bible more. We want to pray more. We want to go to church more. Whatever it is, we have a spiritual goal or two that we want to achieve by year's end. In fact, one of the most common goals for people all around the world, but for Christians in particular, is to grow closer to God. I've seen it happen every year where an influx of individuals come back to church, right? New year, new me. Uh, they, they, they have goals that they're going to attend every service. They're going to join a life group, pray more, read their Bible, grow closer to God only by the end of the year, finding themselves further from God than they were at the start of the year. Getting closer to God, that's not a bad resolution. It's not a terrible goal. But many of us never ask the imperative follow-up question. How? How am I going to get closer to God this year? If I've fallen away, how do I come back into a right relationship with God? How do I get back to God if I've wandered away? If 2020 has done damage to my spiritual health, how do I fix it? Fortunately for us, we have a story in the Bible on how to get back to God. In fact, it's one of the most popular stories in the entire Bible. You've heard it before, most likely Jesus told it. It's a story that we know today as the prodigal son or the story of the loving father. It's found in Luke chapter 15. You can grab your Bibles and follow along with me beginning in verse 11. Luke 15 Verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. And so he divided his property between them. 
Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had. He set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth and wild living. Verse 14. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. From this story, we discover the process that you and I must go through in order to get back to God. It's not just enough to want to get back. If we just wanted things in our life, that's not going to get us to our destination. It's not just enough to think about getting back to God. It's not just enough to wake up one day and, and hope to be closer to God than you ever were before. You've got to actually do something about it. You've got to have a, a plan, a goal and a plan, a resolution and a strategy. I don't know where you are with God today. At the start of 2021, you might be way, 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 way far away. Maybe for you, you've just felt distant for a few weeks or maybe it's been this season. Maybe Maybe this past year really has done what you feel to be irreparable damage to your soul. And now, you long to feel close to God again. You long to feel his presence again, to be at rest knowing that he loves you, that he saved you, that he called you, and that he has a purpose for you. We all want to be close to God. The question is, how? How do you get close to God? From our story, I want to give you three steps on how to get close to God. At the start of this year, you might have a goal, but here is your plan. Three steps to get close to God. Number one, get fed up. Number one is get fed up. You have to get sick and tired of where you currently are, the state you're currently in. And, and you know that this is good for any goal that you set in life. If you want to get in shape, you have to first get fed up with being out of shape. If you want to make more money, you've got to get fed up with being broke. Like there, There's always a step here where you've got to get fed up with the state of your life. 
Nothing is going to change in your life if you don't first get dissatisfied with the state that you are currently in. If you today are saying, hey, I am, I am fine with where I am right now. As we go into 2021, I don't actually need to change much in my life. Okay, great for you. I'm happy for you. But listen, the sermon's not going to be for you. Honestly, if, if you are content being where you are right now, then, then, then this message isn't going to be applicable because, because no positive change is going to happen in your life until you, until you decide, I don't like where I am right now. If you want to grow closer to God this year, you've got to first get to the point where you are fed up with being distant from God. You've got to get desperate about it. Look through this story with me. There's just a few points in there where we see the sheer desperation of this young man. Verse 14, it says he spent everything and he began to be in need. Verse verse 16, he said that he longed to fill his stomach. He was desperate for his circumstances to change. And then in verse 17, he came to his senses. That's where true transformation starts. Are you there yet? If not, I guess that's okay. It's just going to get a lot more difficult for you. God often works this way. When we are content with where we are, God first will often send a a light rain. You know, just to unsettle us just a little bit, to get our attention, hoping that you and I will relent. And when we don't, he'll send a little more rain and then a little more, and and then it will eventually be a storm around us. Why? Is it because God doesn't love us and because God's capricious, he's mean, he wants to punish us? No, it's because God doesn't want you to waste your life. He, he, He loves you the way that you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. He will do anything and everything he can to draw you back to his side. The Bible actually says that he's knocking on the door of your heart and he's doing that here today. How will you respond? The first step, and transformation and getting closer to God this year is to get fed up with the way that you are living. God says in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your hearts. To truly have God transform your life, you must seek him with all of your hearts. You can't live the life that you're currently living. You can't say the things that you're currently saying. You can't Think the things that you are currently thinking and also love and serve God, hoping to move closer to him. It it, it doesn't work like that. You are moving one way with your life actions, thoughts, and then you're trying to just hope that you can move another way and it's incompatible with one another. It doesn't work that way. You have to first get fed up with the way that you're currently living and say that there has got to be more to life than this. And once that happens true transformation can begin. The first step in moving along the pathway back to God is to get fed up. Number two, it is to own up. To own up. That's the second thing that this young man in our story did. First he got fed up and then he owned up. Verse 21, when he came to his senses, the boy then said to his father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. You and I, we have to get to the point in our life where we will admit that, you know what, I've not been living God's way. I've, I've been living my way. I've been trying to do my own thing. I've been doing it the way that I think best. I've been living for the moments or 
I've been living for the thrill or I've been living for the fun or the money or the status, whatever it might be for your life, you've got to, you've got to come to the realization that I've been living my way. I've been living according to my fears or my faults or my insecurities. For some of you today, it's time to stop playing games and to own up to your sin. To call it what it is. Call a, call a spade a spade. It's to say, listen, I have not been living the way that you, God, desire for me to live. I've been doing my own thing. Isaiah 59.2 says, your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Let me read that again. Listen, it's, it's a sobering verse. Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. Have you ever tried to pray and you feel like God is a million miles away? Maybe you've come into a worship service before at one of our campuses or anywhere else around the world and you've felt absolutely nothing. Maybe you've tried to pray before and you felt like you were just talking to the ceiling or you've opened up your Bible to read and there was no stirring, no emotion, no excitement to do that. Or, or for some of you, maybe you've never even before felt God. You've never felt his presence. You've never heard his voice. You feel like that if there is a God, he's miles away from you. And maybe, in part, that's true because the Bible makes it clear that your sins, our sins, separate us from God. It puts a chasm, a distance between us and our loving Father. Sin separates us in some ways from the blessings of God, from the benefits of God's love, from the protection of God. And I get it. Sin is gross. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to acknowledge its existence. We don't like to admit that we're struggling with lying, for example. That's uncomfortable for us to do. We don't like to admit that we're addicted to pornography or that we are greedy or that we are full of anger. So we hide our sin. And when we do, it grows, it festers, and it consumes who we are and it eventually steals our identity. But I'll tell you this, sin brought to light has no place to hide. I know it's embarrassing and I know it's humiliating to confess the things that we are going through. It's humiliating to admit that you and I are flawed, but the reality is all of us are flawed. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We are a messed up people. And the best thing that you and I can do is to not hide in our sin, but to own up to our sin so that we don't find ourselves separated from God. If you are here in this service, watching this service today, and you feel far from God, Guess who moved? It wasn't God. God didn't leave you. God didn't abandon you. You are the one that moved away from him. And, and as tragic as that might sound, that's actually good news. It's good news because if you want to get back to God, he is not hard to find. He's exactly where you left him. The fact is, you are as close to God as you want to be. You cannot blame, 
anyone else. You cannot blame your partner. You cannot blame your parents. You cannot blame your friends. You can't blame me or Pastor Aaron or anyone else. This is on you. And it's time for you to own up to your sins. No one sins for you. I've got my sins covered. You've got your sins covered. And some of you are really, really good at it. And it's time to lay those sins down at the feet of God and to never pick them up again. One of the amazing things about the start of a new year is that although there's only a day that separates 2020 from 2021, for all of us, it's a time to, to again, close one chapter and to start a new one. It's times to end old habits and to, and to pick up good, better, refreshing new ones. And for a lot of us today, it's time to leave some of our sins and habits and behaviors in the past and to move on to a new future ahead of us. The final step to take in getting closer to God, number three, is to offer up. This is the third thing the young man in our story did. He got fed up. Scripture said that he came to his senses. He owned up. He said, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against God. And then he offered up. Notice the difference in the things he says before and after his transformation. Before, in verse 12, he says, Father, give me my share of the estates. Give me right? After, in verse 19, he says, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. You see the difference. He started with, give me, give me, give me, give me, and he came back saying, make me. That, my friends, is true transformation. When your heart turns from self-centeredness to God-centeredness, and it's a process, it doesn't happen overnight. God is still working in me, God is still working in you. You know what, do this. Think of the most holy person you know, okay? Come on, it might be that grandmother, it might be that, uh, that old wise, wise sage at, at your church, it might be uh, someone in your family, it might be someone that you work with. Come on, th- it might be you or your spouse, I don't know. Think of the most holy person you know. The truth is, God is still working on that person. They haven't arrived. I know, I know it might seem like they are, they are eons above and beyond where you currently are. But the reality is they're still growing. God is still working on that woman. God is still working on that man because it is a lifelong process. But it is a process that you and I must be on if we have any hopes of growing closer to God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, and we all are being transformed into God's image. We are being transformed. It's a process But every process begins with a decision. Have you made that decision to offer up yourself, to come before your heavenly father and to say, make me into the man or the woman that you desire me to be. Make me, not give me. A lot of times our prayers are just that, right? God, do this, God, do that. Give me, give me. Once we experience true transformation, we begin to trans late that language from give me into make me, make me into the man that you desire me to be. The apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12 encourages us this. He says, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. To offer your bodies. And I think that Paul had an 
view here something much more than just our physical bodies, more than our flesh. Now, God does want your, your physical state, but God wants all of you. And until you are ready to give yourself up completely, there will always be this gap between you and God, this distance that you will not be able to cross on your own. You've got to go through the process. And the process is to, number one, get fed up with where you currently are, with the way that you are currently living. Number two, to own up, to get honest with God and say, this is where I am. This is what I'm struggling with. These are my sins. He already knows them. But there's a thing called repentance, where we repent, where we own up to our sins, where we offer up then ourselves, number three, offer up to be transformed into the image of God. And please, do not miss the father's response. When this young man went through that process, and for us it was just a matter of verses on a page, but for him it was days, if not weeks, if not months of living this lifestyle and going through this process of transformation. But as he does, the father responds in verse 20, while the boy was still a long way off, his father saw him, and he was filled with compassion. He ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. His father did not even wait for him to get to the door. He saw his son from a distance away and he began to run to his son. Isn't that the way that God works? God is the exact same way. It has never been you come 50% and then God will meet you the other half. It was never you do all the work and then God will meet you there. No, God runs out to you. He takes the initiative Listen, God doesn't hold a grudge. There's scripture that says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you turn to him, he runs to you. And a celebration begins. Verse 22, the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is now found. And again, so they began to celebrate. Life Church, God specializes in finding lost things. If you are starting this year finding yourself distant, he wants you to come home. There's no shame, there's no embarrassment, he will forgive you completely. No questions asked. If you've done bad things, if you've been through bad things in 2020, he wants to embrace you into this new year. In fact, as you, even in this moment, are turning his direction, he is running back to you because our God is a loving, forgiving, saving God, and he is waiting for you to respond here today in this moment, at the start of a brand new year. It's now 2021. My prayer for you to begin the new year is to begin the new year right. And maybe for the very first time today, decide that I am coming home. 
matter what I've done, no matter what's been done against me, no matter where I am on this proximity of, to God, now is the time to come back. Don't put it off any longer. We're here at the start of a new year. His arms are wide open. He's running to you, no judgment, no condemnation. There's just complete forgiveness in his eyes. And he has already done his part, right? Like he's already sent his perfect son as a sacrifice. He has already brought you here today to watch this message. And that's no accident. And now he's moving in your heart. Maybe you even feel it now. He's done his part. Now it's your turn to respond. And it all begins with a decision. Are you ready to get closer to God? Let's pray together. God, we know that we are failed, flawed, fallen individuals. No one knows that more about myself than me. So God, we come before you today, no matter where we are, saying that we are not as close as we want to be. We are not as close as we can be. And you're pulling us closer. You are drawing us to your side. So God, I pray that you would give us the strength that we need to make a move. God, it's not hard to find you. You're everywhere. You're waiting for us. You're in us. You're moving inside of us, speaking to us, calling out to us, come home. So God, today I pray that we would respond. Every single one of us, no matter how far we are, even if we're in a good relationship with you, God, we can always take another step forward. God, I know that there are some listening to this message today that do not know you, that do not yet have a relationship with you. And I pray that today they would respond like the prodigal son, that they wouldn't have to get to the end of themselves before they turn and come back home. God, that they would turn to you so that they would be a prodigal no more, that you would save them in your grace and in your infinite mercy and forgiveness. God, may we all turn and come home knowing that there is a reunion, a celebration that is waiting for us as we return to the Father. God, in 2021 and in all the years before and after, you are good, you are faithful, you are God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.